You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Welcome, folks, to the Freshwater Bite Podcast, your source for everything freshwater fishing. I'm your host, Lee Kleino, and on this podcast, you will hear from diehard anglers like yourself, the backstories of those anglers, techniques they use, gear reviews, and everything in between. So if you like fishing, turn it up, because this episode's about to kick off right now. That's right, everybody. It's time for another podcast episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, things are looking up here in the state of Michigan. The ban has been lifted, and we can now go back into our boats and fish. Thank God. And spring has sprung. The weather's kind of clearing up a little bit, and I hope uh, all you guys are doing well out there. And I've got a great podcast episode for you guys today. Um, it's been one that's been highly requested on the podcast, and it has to deal with bow fishing. And just like some other subjects that I don't know too much about, I don't know too much about bow fishing at all. So I thought it'd be a great idea to go out there, do some research, and kind of find some folks out there who are passionate, are experts in the area, and are willing to share a lot of great information with me. And uh, I actually found who that is, and that is with Ryan and John over at Loxley Bow Fishing. That is a Michigan-based company, which is awesome. I'm super stoked about that. But uh, it's a group of guys and gals who started this company to kind of take their passion of bow fishing to the next level. Uh, They had found some gaps in the gear that they were using every day, and so they decided to to start this company, Loxley Bow Fishing. And also, you know, they kind of break down what bow fishing is, how they both got started into it, and kind of give you the basics about it if you're unfamiliar with it. And then they tell you how to get into it, what you need, kind of setups you need. And um, also they tell the backstory behind Loxley Bow Fishing, which is super interesting to me. And at the very end, they offer us, us listeners, a discount code of 15% off of their gear on their website. So I love this podcast. These guys were awesome to talk to. And make sure you head on over to LoxleyBowFishing.com, check them out, get that discount, and order some great gear. But uh, without any further ado, here's John and Ryan. Okay. okay, I want to welcome Ryan Simmons and John Graves to the podcast. How you guys doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. Everyone's doing well. Everyone's healthy? Oh, yeah. So far. All right. So, you know, I want to thank you guys for, you know, coming on the podcast. Um you know, it's, well, we're going to get into some details here, but I've got you guys on because it's actually a a topic that I've gotten a few requests now for and a few emails for is I was asked, can you get someone on to talk about bow fishing? And I definitely had to get somebody on the podcast because I, one, have never done it, but two, I want to hear, uh, you know, so I'm going to be a very curious student tonight and ask a lot of questions, basic one-on-one questions. I hope you guys are ready for that. But before we get too far into things, I would just want the listeners to get to know you guys a little bit better. So Ryan, let's start with you. Um, just kind of give everyone a, you know, a little background on yourself, where you grew up, you know, fishing, all that kind of stuff and how you got into bow fishing. 
Yeah, so uh, my name is Ryan Simmons. I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Port Austin, Michigan, which is at the tip of the thumb, uh, right, right, on the, right on the lake. Um, and that's kind of how I got into bow fishing, actually. My dad actually started competing in the Great Lakes Bow Fishing Championship when it started, I think over 30 years ago now. That's up in the uh, Caseville Pigeon area. And for a long time, he had he had another partner, and, and them two did it together. But uh, when when I got a, when I finished my uh, undergraduate degree, um, is when I started to really uh, want to get involved with it. And so he he dumped his partner, uh, unfortunately for him, but and to pick me up. Um, but uh, I, I've been doing it with them since. So I think it's about been about ten years now that we've been doing that tournament together. Um, and and really, it's just kind of been an addiction since I started it. It's. Uh, it, it's so much. It's so much fun, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, in a bit. Um, but ever since I, I started doing those tournaments, I'm a competitor too. I love to compete, and so the tournament was fun. But at the same time, there was also this this side of it that was not just about um, the sport, but also about the conservation and really trying to clean up the lakes. And that kind of got me going too. So I I really like that side of it on top of the the sporting side of it. Nice, John. What about you? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Brighton, Michigan, uh, Southeast Michigan, my, my whole life, really. Um, and I've always rod and reel fished. Um, and I actually never bow fished until I met Ryan. Um, I spent a lot of time in the UP. I went to Michigan Tech. Uh, I was up there for five years. I ran cross country and track. And um, obviously, you know, being in the UP, there's so much to do outdoors, uh, fishing, hunting, um, and somehow never really got involved with bow, bow fishing and i never really even heard about it um until i i came down and i met ryan um we actually played in the same band for a little while but that's an, a story for another time um but ryan and i had kind of been looking for a, a business to start for a while and and you know i went bow fishing with him once and and we kind of talked about it and, and that's kind of how we started loxley um but again just like ryan the first time i went it's so much different than rod and reel fishing um you know, rod and reel fishing, it's, it's a little bit more relaxing and, and, and you're out there and you're, you're casting. It's still a great time. And, and when you get a bite, it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but bow fishing is a totally different game. You know, you see a fish and the excitement that you feel is almost the same excitement you get when you're, you're out hunting for deer or hunting for turkey or something like that. So, um, I really liked it for that reason. Um, and I'm, I've definitely been hooked since then. So, Okay, and you know, I I think the name goes without saying. Most folks can figure it out, but just kind of break it down. Of you know, if for someone is this the first time them hearing this bow fishing, uh, just describe the technique and what it involves. Um, Ryan or John, one of you guys can take this question. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. So bow fishing, I mean, for the most part, is just really um, it. Same as bow hunting, you have a bow and you have an arrow. Um, the only difference is you have the lines connected to that arrow, uh, and you shoot into the water and and try to get some fish. Pretty simple. <laughs> and then, John, what 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 is different about how are you retrieving the fish? Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Kind of like the technology of what you know goes into the fish, how it is grabbed and and reeled in. Yeah, sure. I mean, so at the the very the most basic you can get. Um, and a lot of people start this way. Um, they take their hunting bow, uh, and they'll strap like a tape, like a Gatorade bottle to it. Um, and you can wrap line around that Gatorade bottle. Um, obviously there's, there's, uh, a lot more advanced technology out there. Now there's, uh, reels that will mount to essentially the holes where your sight mounts. Um, 
you know, there's a front accessory hole on the, on the bows and you can mount reels. And they, a lot of them look very similar to, um, fishing reels. Um, and essentially you, you push the button, you take your shot, um, and then you, you reel just like you're, you're, uh, fishing normally. Um, the only thing that's slightly different, right? Obviously the, the fish doesn't fight as much after you shoot it. Um, you know, but sometimes you get really big fish that, that bite quite a bit after you, um, you know, you, you shoot them, but, um, for the most part, your shots are very, very short. So there's not a long retrieve. Um, and when you're shooting, it's, it's kind of shoot, retrieve, and, and you're trying to get as many as you can. Okay. And then <clears throat> talk a little bit about, I mean, I'm a, I'm an archer. I grew up bow hunting my entire life and I still do today. If someone was to get into this for the first time, you know, you always hear about, I can even remember as a kid going to the Creek and, you know, trying to throw stones at fish that are, you know, just big carps or suckers that were in there or, you know, even spearing and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about maybe Ryan, you can take this is the, is the aim different than what you're just aiming at something, especially if you're pointing straight down and obviously the refraction from the water and all that kind of stuff. Can you get into those details a little bit? Yeah. So this is where it's probably a little bit different than bow hunting. Um, and there's a little bit of a learning curve as well. So what there, there, we, we usually, we don't use sights in bow fishing. So usually we're just going by eye. And so it takes a little bit of practice to kind of get an idea of where that arrow is going to go. Um, the lucky piece is that you probably, we're only shooting five, 10, 20 feet. I mean, not even that far, uh, where it's, it's too big of an issue and really you can continuously shoot. Um, so one of the things that a lot of rookies make mistakes on too, is, is they don't aim low enough. Um, that refraction is exactly uh, the reason because when you start looking at things in the water, the deeper they are, the more off it is. Um, and they're going to end up being lower than they look. Uh, in the water. So when your arrow is going into the water, um, you need it to go in at a, at a point that actually is going to um, be a lot lower than what your eye is seeing. And so that's probably one of the hardest things to do and hardest things to grasp in the sport is because even even as a person that's been doing it for 10 years, um, it, it's really hard to judge depth sometimes. So you really have to you really have to be very practiced and very seasoned. Um, and really, it depends on where the fish is at in the water, how big they are, how fast they're moving, how deep they are. There's so many considerations to, to, to take into account. Um, but at the same time, but the good thing about bow fishing is you can just shoot over and over and over and over again. Um, and that's probably why it's a little bit different than bow hunting. You're really you're going for that chase for that one deer. Uh, you might get to shoot one, two, three times, depending on how good you are, I guess. But in bow fishing, I mean, you get a fish, um, you're going to shoot hundreds of times sometimes in, in a night. And you're just going to keep ch chasing and following and trying to find that pot of fish or something that you can um, that, that you can really chase after. So it's a little bit, little bit different in that way. But yeah, the aiming is quite a bit different than bow hunting a little bit different, um, in the fact that you're not using sites, especially. Here's a question. Is there any way that if someone wanted to get into this, could, you know, could they practice that shot? You know what I mean? Like, could they just like, I don't know, maybe put something underwater somewhere like in a Creek or locally and just kind of practice that because you said it is a different kind of way you line up the, you know, your shot and all that kind of stuff. You know, take this one, John. Yeah, sure. I mean, I definitely think it's it's um, just honestly practicing without a sight and getting good at snap shooting okay. is probably the best thing you can do. Um, and I think something else that that would maybe help, um, you know, regular bows for deer hunting. I don't know about you, but my compound's a sixty-five pound draw. Mm -hmm. um, when you're shooting in the water for for fish, 
your bow is set to 35 pounds, maybe. Um, you don't really need a whole lot. So if you're shooting fish, tune your bow back, take as many shots on land as you can. And then honestly, when you go out bow fishing, you're going to see a lot of fish. Um, so you almost don't need to, to practice with, you know, a target. Um, and I think that the, you know, the, the warning would be if you shoot at a log or something underwater, your arrow is probably going to get stuck in that log and it's going to be a little bit difficult to pull out. So I would, I would much rather just shoot at fish to learn how to, how to aim at fish. I got to imagine, like, I'm just thinking my, you know, my, my history of bow hunting, kind of like getting back to like when you first, if you can remember when you first learn, um, on your very first bow of shooting for me, you know, I didn't have sights on my first bow. So it was more of like that feel of like getting comfortable with your bow. Like you said, take those shots. Um, you're going to be doing a lot in a night. And, and I have a feeling that after a certain time, it's going to come like a habit where you're just going to know in your brain to exactly know where to line that arrow up in and uh, kind of like take it almost like instinctive shooting, you know? Yeah. Oh, it, it absolutely becomes instinctive. I mean, especially when you get into, I mean, you're three hours into the night, you got a pretty good idea about where you're going to hit and when you're going to shoot. So um, it, it turns into instinct pretty quick after you kind of get the hang of it and start shooting. Okay. Now I want to hit on, you just said something that I think the the listeners need to start, you know, comprehending. You said at night. Now, is that the only time? Is that just like when most folks go out because... I, I guess just talk about the process of how you're scouting for fish, where you're going and kind of like the kind of areas you want to target if you were going to, you know, go out for your first time. Yeah. Night's not the only time. Um, you can definitely do it during the day, but the tournament that, uh, that we, that, and honestly that we, that I've done for 10 years and we love, um, is the great lakes bow fishing championship. That's actually a day tournament. Um, so you can shoot at any time. There's, there's really not, uh, an, a, a too big of a, issue with either one um but at night it's it's definitely fun you get the lights if you got to have a good you have to have the right setup to do it in a rig because you have to have your boat set up with lights to be shining in the water uh and so there, there's definitely a, a little bit of a difference there um and you have to have the equipment to be able to do it but at the, at the same time um night they, they, they sometimes tend to, to they move a little bit slower which sometimes can be nice. Um, but at the same time, uh, during the day, it, it, you could see the same thing. It all depends on where you're at. Um, and really in location, you're looking for shallows. A lot of the times we're looking for a good shallow area that might have some warm water. Um, that definitely will usually hold the fish. Um, so we like to get up really into the, into the cattails. Um, some of those inlets that kind of get you into, um, some areas that might be shallow, but warmer for the fish. That's typically been a lot of the areas that we've been successful in. Okay. And then what kind of fish are we targeting here? What's like common fish that a lot of folks get jacked about to go out? Like, you know, I'm a walleye guy, so I get jacked about walleye. What in in the world of bow fishing, John, what is, what is like the, like the Super Bowl? Like, you know, my Super Bowl for the most part, which is a blast for me is like the walleye river run. I think the one that people definitely uh, see a lot and are pretty in awe of um, are the alligator gar down south. And they're just massive fish. They're eight, nine feet long, a um, couple hundred pounds. So that's that's uh, probably the Super Bowl of fish. But I think what most people are targeting are, are just common carp. Um, I know there's grass carp, big head. Um, there's, uh, there's just regular gar. 
uh, here that we, we shoot in, in Saginaw Bay, there's actually quite a bit of goldfish, right, that people let out and they end up growing in, in the Saginaw Bay and we're, you're allowed to target those. And that's a, a, you know, I really like shooting those. They're just a really, really pretty fish to see. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, there's a lot of, of trash fish, so to speak, that, that people shoot. I think um, depends on, on really the person. I think a lot of people shoot for numbers. A lot of people shoot for size. Um, it does depend on the person, though. There's goldfish in Saginaw Bay. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm tons yeah. of them. I'll we'll yeah. send you some pictures. They're all of Please do. I mean, I, when I go to fishing, I'm only going out in the bays. I guess I'm not really paying attention in the shallows. Where are you? Are they up in the cattails or, in, or where at? They'll be up in the cattails. They'll be up uh, by the docks. We see a lot by docks, honestly. Oh, shit. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're they're up there, and they're fun too because they're small. They're hard to they're hard to hit. I mean, when I say small, though, I mean they can get up to a pound, pound and a half, which is huge for a goldfish, I'd say. Um, but you, they're hard to they're hard to hit, but you can chase them because you can see them even when they're deeper. So uh, they're 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 pretty fun fish to target, dude. If I ever got a goldfish out of Saginaw Bay, I'm mounting it. <laughs> people that do, there's people that do. It's crazy. Oh, for sure, the, with the, the arrow through it and everything. The, the first night that we went out, um, we, I took John out um, and Jake out. We actually went out and we found a goldfish and it was their first night out shooting. So it's not a huge fish. And it was right next to the boat. Didn't, didn't mind, didn't mind at all that we were just rolling right up on it. And we, we must've took probably seven, eight shots at it and nobody hit it. And it just flew, swam away slowly. <laughs> oh my God. That was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I just thinking about doing this kind of gets me pumped because, you know, I love, I love bow hunting in general and, you know, fishing. It's, it's a great way. It sounds like to, you know, a perfect marriage between the two, get your buddies together, go out at night, you know, kind of get out of the house and, uh, you know, go out for a fun night. If you, you know, since that's the best time to do it and, uh, you know, really, really have make a whole night out of it that I'm just imagining me and my buddies doing it to be a blast. Yeah, it's it's a good time. It's it's uh, yeah, I think that's what makes it a, a fun time as well. I, I some of the, some of the other outdoor sports, you're kind of trying to be quiet, you're trying to be um, not move fast, and and this is kind of uh, different than that. Um, you're having fun, you're cheering, you're yelling, you're trying to find the fish, you're telling them where they're at, and um, it, it's it's just a good time. Ryan, you were talking about earlier how important it is, um, you know, to get the word out about bow fishing, in particular for uh, conservation. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah. So, so one of the problems, and I think one of the, maybe one of the reasons why bow fishing really became popular is because the, the, uh, the common carp, um, luckily we haven't gotten any Asian carp into the great lakes yet, but, uh, well, not too many. I think they've had a couple that they've found, but, uh, the common carp really, um, the way that they reproduce is, is just insane. Uh, and, and they really, they, um, they, they hurt environments for other fish. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things we've been able to post on our Facebook page, uh, that really tells a lot about some of the different things that are happening to the environments because of these fish. Um, they really eat anything. Um, and so they're, they're kind of cleaning up all of the areas and which is, which is a problem for some of the game fish like bass and bluegill and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, um, they, you can't, some of them you can't eat. And especially ones like in Saginaw Bay, 
Um, there's actually an advisory uh, from the DNR that says you shouldn't eat these fish um, just because they do eat everything. They even eat the stuff that's harmful and that can be passed on to humans if, if you do decide to eat them. So um, there's really not a lot of, of use for them. So fertilizer is one of them um, and and really finding uh, finding things to do with them, composting. Um, is, is about the extent, uh, but they can cause a lot of damage and they reproduce so quickly that it's hard to keep a handle on them. Um, and luckily we don't have as big of a problem as they have down in like Kentucky right now, but, um, we're hoping to keep the, the Asian carp out of here because if they do get in, that'll be one, uh, that'll be a big issue for the Great Lakes. Yeah. And I heard you say that, uh, that you like walleye fishing and, and walleye and, and trout are probably some of them going to be the most affected, uh, species. Um, if the Asian carp establish themselves in, in Lake Erie and, and some of the other Great Lakes. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, that's something that anybody listening to this, it's a, it's a big problem for more than just the state of Michigan. There's a lot of states that are affected by it. And there's a lot of states that are coming together to work to keep them out of the Great Lakes because the impact of it could be so severe and, you know, run out many of the sport, you know, the sport fishing industry could have, have a huge effect on that. Um, obviously, uh, like you just said, the walleye and bass, anybody who likes to do anything like that, um, could really decimate any kind of progress that we have made over the years in the great lakes. And you know, that, that trickles down that affects, you know, tourism that affects fishing towns that affects, you know, bait shops. And it's a big effort here in the state of Michigan. Um, working together with other states and waterways that feed into the Great Lakes to keep them out of here. Um, I need to do a podcast on that in the future to see where we're at with that. But I remember at one point, um, I want to say it was like a year or two ago, and it could still be standing that the DNR and the state of Michigan and a couple other states had pooled a bunch of money together. And if anyone came up with an idea that was like concrete and solid enough to implement, they would give that person or the creator of it. It was like a million dollars or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. They, they have those uh, grants that they're they're writing. Yeah, so it, it's super important, and you know, hopefully, um, you know, we don't get to that point where we have to go out and shoot a bunch of Asian carp. Hopefully, they just stay out of the Great Lakes, and we can just keep shooting the common carp. But um, yeah. you know, that that was important. Even, I think to talk about, uh, like you said, like no one's you know you can't eat the carp that you guys shoot, but it's it's still super important to just like anything in hunters and anglers and thing, it, you know, controlled the wildlife population. You know, if there wasn't hunters, you know, deer would overrun the state and be on the roads getting hit by cars more. So it's a good way to put it in perspective that, you know, us as conservationists and outdoorsmen got to really do our part. Yeah. And even, even to add to that, to, to even help with some perspective, um, the, the tournament that uh, we do, the Great Lakes Bow Fishing Championship up in the Saginaw Bay area, Caseville, it goes all the way down to, to the Bay area. Um, you get the whole coastline. Um, but even that tournament, um, I mean, the last two years, uh, which have been actually been slow years, uh, the uh, 250 teams of 250 to 275 teams have pulled 30 to 40,000 pounds of fish um, in just two days. And that those are light those are light years. Um, in 2002, they uh, in one in two days uh, with 228 teams, they had 242,000 pounds of fish in two days that they oh shot. God. And that doesn't really even put a dent in the population every year. They just it's just back. What time of year does the tournament happen? Yeah. Um, it's actually at the end of May this year, so uh, we're kind of getting geared up for it now, hoping that uh, 
things will head in the right direction in the world right now and we can uh, still have the tournament go on but it's at the end of may um and typically it's been the last couple of years been the end of may beginning of june it's interesting there's a reason why i brought it up because i was like thinking just now as you were saying that imagine if we can't do that this year that tournament cannot happen look how right. many fish are still of invasive fish are now left in our waterways and things like that and if that event wasn't to happen right yeah yeah john were you going to say something no i was just gonna you know it, there's a lot of things you can do outside of the tournament as well you know if you can go out and bow fish there's there's so many things you can do you can use um you know the fish for cut bait um i know you, you had a a, a group, couple guys on before that were big into catfish and you can use uh carp for cut bait you can use uh use it for fertilizer there's a lot you can do with them so um it's definitely worth looking into if, uh, if uh, you want to head out and go bow fishing. Yeah, anybody having a home garden listening to this or something like that, go out and get some, you know, some free fertilizer from uh, the Great Lakes. <laughs> right, and we're we're always looking for new things to do with these fish as well. Um, so if anybody has any, any ideas, we are very open to hearing about them because this is another piece of the puzzle that we want to try to put together. Um, having having these fish for fertilizer and all that's great but is there some other way that we can use them that really um either helps the environment or does something else that um that helps kind of helps people understand what what we can do with them and really um kind of puts them to even better use no i agree anybody listening to this if you have any good ideas or you're with involved with universities for research or whatever it is i think you know things like that come to mind um, but a little bit about the tournament, I did a little bit of research in the background. I didn't, again, I didn't realize that bow fishing was so huge, but are, there's actually, is there like tournament trails that people can like get on and go all over the U S and, and compete in? I don't know if there's any tournament trails, uh, per se, but there are tournaments all over. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot more, I would say in the South than in the Midwest. Um, although there's, there's a few in Indiana. Um, there's the Bull Fishing Association of Michigan, BAM, that does, I think they do four or five tournaments uh, just in Michigan. Cool. Um, there's a lot of kind of grassroots, um, you know, guys in the South that, you know, start up and they have tournaments that are, you know, 15, 20 boats. So they're not huge tournaments, but there's a lot of them. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, you could definitely benefit bow fishing uh, in general if uh, there were some bigger tournaments. I think they're a lot more fun and it builds a, community um bow fishing is pretty segmented by state right now i think um there's not really a, a large um a following uh nationwide i guess yeah i was going to ask that is what are the if any is there regulations on bow fishing you know i mean i wouldn't think there would be bag limits on like the carp but is there like when it comes to equipment or is it just buying a regular fishing license? Is there any kind of regulations on, you know, the, the, the niche sport of bow fishing? Ryan? Uh, nothing outside the normal. It, it's, yeah, it's just a regular fishing license. Um, there really, there really isn't a season. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's year round. And, and really that's though, uh, some of that depends on what state you're in. Uh, okay. so I, I would always advise you to check your, uh, your local and state, uh, regulations to make sure that you're, you're performing within those because there's things that are different by state to fish that are okay to shoot in some states are not okay to shoot in other states. So it's really being careful and be and knowing kind of what you're targeting and making sure that you 
are, are within the, the bounds of the law at that point. But not a ton outside of, uh, of, of what regular fishing regulations are. Gotcha. And then, you know, I love that you guys have this passion and then, um, John, maybe you want to talk a little bit about, or both, maybe you can each give your own version of how Loxley bow fishing as a, as a company kind of came together and, and, and where that passion, you know, maybe tell the, the backstory behind it of, you know, how it got started or how you guys wanted to bring it, um, you know, your sport of, or your love for the sport of bow fishing to the next level. Yeah, Ryan, you want to go first? Yeah, so, so so bow fishing in general. So again, I've been doing it for ten years now, maybe more than probably more than ten years. But uh, when I first started doing tournaments, uh, one of the problems I kept having was it'd be a two day tournament, uh, and by the end of day two, I I just had my my pinky was tore up. Uh, when you're pulling in line, sometimes you're using your reel. But sometimes you're pulling with your hand. If it gets stuck in a log or stuck in something you don't want it to get stuck in, you are probably using your hand to get it out of that uh, because the reel isn't really going to pull hard enough for you. So I, I, I kept trying to find solutions and find some kind of glove. And the glove is really our, our staple product, our, our product that we really started with. We wanted to find. We wanted to. The, I wanted to try to find something that I could. I could get wet. Um, that would dry fast, um, that would also protect my hand from pulling in line. Um, and I couldn't find, I tried so many different things and I just couldn't find anything that worked. And so when I met John and we took, and, and we took him out, I kind of talked about the glove idea when we were kind of talking about like, yeah, I'd love to start a company at some point and told him about the glove and the problem I had. And I figured I'm sure more people have this problem. And as, as we kind of started talking to people, we kind of started to understand Others do have that problem, and we started seeing them wear gloves that were probably not made for. They were wearing baseball gloves, batting gloves. Um, they were wearing mechanics gloves, and I can tell you right now, when you get those wet, they're not the funnest thing to to, uh, to wear again the next day. They're not the funnest thing to uh, <laughs> to try to use even for after an hour of them being wet. Oh, they smell so, ter- terrible. Oh, they smell terrible. <laughs> they get they get hard sometimes and crusty. Um, it, there's just so many reasons they, they, they keep, they hold the water in them and, and it's just, it's just terrible. And at the same time, you, you have no access, your fingers are, are, I mean, under this, the kind of heavy duty glove, because really you want something that's going to protect your hand too. So you go for a glove that, um, that protects your hand on top uh, and you really, you finding protection for your hand and dexterity and something that, uh, that can get wet. It was just something that wasn't out there. And so we started talking about it. We, we started talking about like the sport of bow fishing and how we just see potential in it. And I see potential in it, um, especially being part of that tournament and seeing it grow every single year. And they have to, they actually started capping it. Um, and last year with 275 teams was the most they've had ever. And it, it's just a, an opportunity we saw in the sport to be able to be a part of it, um, try to give back to the community, try to make stuff for the community that they were kind of bringing up themselves we see a lot of that too. People are kind of building their own stuff because it's not available or not made. Um, and, and those are some of the things that we, we thought we could solve those problems. So we started kind of really looking in and the glove was the first thing because as a small company, as kind of a company that's not really looking to, to take on any investors as, as uh, uh, kind of self-funded, we wanted to find something that we could, we could afford to do that could make an impact right away. And we saw that in the gloves. And so we really started with the gloves and that's been huge. We have literally gotten so many uh, responses and feedback on the glove and how much better it is than what, what they were using before. And even people that never wore gloves before just wanted to give it a shot. And they're like, I, I'll wear these now. 
um, which was very surprising to us. So, uh, well, that wasn't too surprising because I, I kind of felt that way before, but it was surprising to hear just constant feedback. Usually you make a product and somebody's going to have something bad to say about it, but I have not heard a single thing bad about that glove. I don't know if you have, John, just to throw it out there. No, I, I really haven't. <laughs> you always expect something, like you expect something bad, but we haven't heard anything bad yet. Um, and so that's really how we kind of got it started with the glove. And really from there, we're just looking at how do we really start to build out our product line to, to, to make stuff and sell stuff that people are able to use on a regular basis that we saw some price points on some items that were being sold that didn't make sense to us. And we're like, I think we can do that cheaper. Um, and we, and, and, and kind of the, the three of us that are putting this together have a lot of experience in, um, in business and a little bit. Um, John's a product engineer. Um, I'm, I, I work in supply chain. Uh, and Jake, um, he works actually at a, a machining facility. And so we got a lot of experience there. Um, and we were able to actually pull in some really good help as well. Our, our two people that are very important to the company are Kelly, who is our graphic designer and designer, and Christina, who is our copywriter. And I think they probably, uh, we owe a lot more to them than uh, we probably even know because uh, we couldn't do any of the stuff they're doing. So, um yeah, it, it's just been uh, it's just been kind of a ride, um, and just kind of figuring out what's the next step, what's the next product, how can we keep help helping people be comfortable with the sport. Um, I think that's sometimes some of the problem is somebody goes out and does it, and they're just like, eh, it's kind of an inconvenience or something inconvenient about it. We want to make sure that we can fill that gap and find out where those inconveniences are, so that we can try to make this as something that's enjoyable for people that they can just find what they need and go do it. Yeah. In addition, I'm, I'm on your guys' website right now and I was looking at it earlier this week, but I mean, the gloves look, I mean, they look like high end gloves. You guys got other things on the site too. Um, you know, it looks like you sell a recurve bow, something that you guys would probably just suggest that folks could buy to get into, um, mm -hmm. you know, replacement tips. You've got gear. I'm, I mean, one day when I shoot my goldfish, I'm buying one of these goldfish shirts, <laughs> but you know, it, it, the, the website itself, um, you know, really portrays your guys's passion, you know, for the sport and like this whole glove is, you know, taking it to the next level. And I think that, you know, you guys are, you guys are just going to keep on going up from here and, and customer feedback and things like that. Even having the podcast myself, you know, when I hear things that, you know, the reason why I'm doing this episode is folks giving feedback on, they wanted to hear more about bow fishing. So the, the sport is growing and, um, you know, I think you guys are great ambassadors for the sport. And, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, maybe even here in the, in the state of Michigan, you, you know, you guys could be the face of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think, uh, one exciting thing for me has just been, uh, you know, seeing the potential in bow fishing, um, being relatively new to it, but, but because I'm getting into it late, I think I'm able to, to have a, a little bit of a unique perspective that, you know, Ryan's been doing it for 10 years. Sure. Um, so, to me, it's it's so exciting, and I can see a lot of that potential. So it's really really fun to be uh, part of trying to grow the sport, and I think that's what we're trying to do as well with you know some of the educational content we're putting out. Um, you know, we see a lot of this stuff um, you know on on the internet right now about bow fishing is is fragmented. There's forums, there's pieces here, pieces there, and we're trying to be a you know a central location where people can come and. and and find information about bow fishing so that they can uh, be enabled to go and, and try this, this cool sport. 
Yeah, you're. I mean, even talking to you guys, but like I said, your your, your website screen or screams that. You know, the the <laughs> there's another tab on here for anybody listening. Um, you know, this information that I'm asking is very basic, kind of like just to pique your interest and point you in the right directions. But they have a tab on here called Tips and Tricks. And there's a ton of great articles on there that you guys could go in and probably answer a lot of questions um, just by reading some of their content that they have. They have gear reviews. They've got, um, you know, fishing topics that you guys might want to, you know, get familiar with, especially during this downtime. And uh, they have a lot of great content on here for you guys to uh, to get started. Everything looks really great on here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so what's next for Loxley bow fishing without giving away too much? Like where do you guys see yourselves in five years with, with the company and hopefully the sport? Ryan, well, take this yeah. I think hopefully we're, uh, we're going to grow so that we're one of the major players in, in bow fishing right now. Obviously we're kind of, uh, grassroots self-funded. So, um, we're small right now, but I think we're doing big things. Um, and I think within five years, I think we're fully expecting and, and uh, not just expecting, but we're trying to hold ourselves accountable um, to reach some of the, the goals that we have for ourselves uh, to be competing with some of the other big name brands in bow fishing. Um, and, and ultimately, that's that's where we want to be. Perfect. And you guys are building the team to do so. Um, checking out uh, another tab on your guys's website here. I think you've got uh, you know, the three co-founders and then the two people you said you couldn't do anything without Christina and Kelly. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So it looks like it's, uh, it's becoming like a small niche family and you guys are going big places and I can't wait to follow your journey. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. And for anyone listening, where can they go to find out more about you guys or should they just head on over to your website? Uh, so we, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook. Um, we're trying to really put everything there, but our, our, our website's a really good place to, to go as well. So Facebook, just look us up Loxley bow fishing. We're the only ones should be pretty simple. Um, but also yeah, loxleybowfishing.com. Um, again, it has that tips and tricks It has the gear, um, really gives you an idea who we are as well as a company. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we, uh, we gave your listeners a little bit of a, 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 uh, incentive to get started maybe, um, with a, a discount code for anybody who's listening. Um, so it's just uh, freshwater 15, all capital letters, freshwater 15, uh, put that in at checkout and you get 15% off your order. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. Absolutely. I'm going to go buy some stuff. I'm not buying the goldfish shirt until <laughs> I shoot one though. <laughs> Real quick before we go, where did the name Loxley bow fishing come from? Do you want to take yeah, that down? You haven't asked yet. Um, so it, you've heard of Robin Hood. Yes. Right? So yes. That's why Robin of Loxley, right? Oh, so, I knew it. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Robin of Loxley. Awesome name, man. So, so the idea behind it was, was, uh, Loxley is where Robin Hood learned his trade. Um, that's where he learned his skill and learned how to become who he is. So uh, we really wanted it to be uh, kind of, and, and really the big intention for us is it was, again, a learning platform. We want to make sure we could teach people about bow fishing as well. So um, it was a big piece for it, but um, you couldn't ignore the, 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 uh, uh, the archery part of it. <laughs> that's right. Anybody, any fans out there of Robin Hood, which I know we all are, 
check this out. Loxley Bowfish and their gear looks sweet and their logo is awesome as well. So thanks again, guys, for coming on. Thank you for the discount code. Uh, make sure you guys go out and uh, check out loxleyfishing.com. Check them out on Facebook and take advantage of that discount code. I think I might just get myself just some gloves just for, you know, when I do get ready to bowfish or everyday fishing, they look badass. Oh, yeah. I use them for trout fishing. Thanks for having us, Lee. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yep. You know, for all you bow hunters out there, this seems like the perfect way kind of to, you know, extend your bow season. Get out there and practice flinging some arrows um, at fish for a change instead of deer or turkey or bear or whatever else you bow hunt for. Or if you ever wanted to get into, you know, instinctive shooting, which seems to be growing very rapidly in the the archery and the bow hunting um, realm is more folks going towards long bows or traditional bow hunting this could be the the perfect challenge for you to get started and it was my distinct pleasure to have those two gentlemen on loxleybowfishing.com make sure you guys check out that uh that 15 percent discount code just for us over here at the freshwater bite podcast that discount code is freshwater 15 Again, that's all capital, Freshwater15, and you can save 15% on your purchase off of uh, their website to get yourself some great gear to get um, set up for bow fishing. So again, I want to thank those guys for coming on the podcast. Head on over to their website and check out um, all the other team members on there, Uh, and I think that uh, you guys will learn a ton of information under the Tips and Tricks tab on on their website just because they go into way more detail than we did today here on the podcast. And you guys can spend a lot of time and, you know, look up and research exactly what you're trying to get out of bow fishing. And, uh, you know, that was a, that was a phenomenal podcast. And I, I hope to do many more like those in the future. Uh, something different outside of the realm of what we're used to here at the Freshwater Bite Podcast. But in the meantime, everybody, please do me a huge solid. Head on over to the Facebook page for Freshwater Bite Podcast give it a like, a follow. Also DM me, follow me on Instagram at Freshwater Bite. And don't forget to subscribe on all your major podcast uh, platforms. That really helps out the podcast. And we're going to keep bringing you this content absolutely free. And uh, as always, folks, stay safe and thanks for listening.